It is so good to have you here. It's the first time in probably four or five years that we've been out to uh, Cummington Square. We've had a number of, of years that we weren't able to come out. And then there was a year that the weather wasn't agreeing with us. But we could not ask for a better day. It's like, my goodness, perfect weather. Praise God. So today, I'm going to see if the wind doesn't blow things away. I might put a few things on so it doesn't blow away. And um, we'll get things uh, fastened down here. How many of you are glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Yes. Yeah. If you're uh, just, if you didn't have anybody greet you today, I greet you. In the name of Jesus Christ. And it is so good that not only are you here, but he is here. Where two or three are gathered in his name, he is in their midst. The Lord Jesus is here. And um, this morning, oftentimes when we're more, even more out in public than our, our sanctuary, uh, sometimes if there's a, a, what should I say, a tendency to say, hey, I'm, I want to I preach a good message, but I want to I take it easy and just have maybe a, a feel-good message. And uh, uh, some of you are saying, oh, no, I, I don't want to have the opposite of a feel-good message. But I want you this morning, the Word of God, in fact, every message from the Word of God Every word that he speaks is life to us if we grab a hold of it. So this morning, I want you to grab a hold of it. And if you're visiting, you're maybe walking past and you're here today and you say, hey, I'm going to stop for a few minutes. Uh, I want you to listen. You are not here by chance. God put you at this time in this place to speak into your heart, into your life. So listen up. This past week has, has been a week of highs and lows. And yesterday I, I had opportunity to, to hear the testimony of four people and what God has done in their life. And it's like, it doesn't matter how many times I hear the story of, of God in a person's life and where they were. They were in darkness, they were without hope, or whatever place they may have been in, that they have come out of darkness and they've come into his marvelous light. And it was like so amazing. And I just say, thank you, Lord, for the power that you have to completely change a person's life. And how many can say amen to that? How many of you have had your lives changed radically by the Lord? How many of you? How many of you are excited about what God has done in your life? Can you give him a shout this morning? Hallelujah. So this week, last week, I, we have this little dog. A lot of you know about Abby. And uh, last week, I, um, I just noticed as she was going to the washroom that there was a discoloration with her Urine. I just want to, you know, some of you say, oh, man, Pastor, what are you talking about? 
there was a discoloration. I'm thinking, okay, that's not good. And uh, so the, called the vet, and the vet says, hey, you know what, bring in a sample. And, uh, yeah, there was, there was prayer that went up for little Abby. She's uh, going to be 14 next month. And she's been such a, a, a part of our, our family. It's been truly a blessing from the Lord uh, for over 12 years now. And it's, I just say, thank you, Lord, or around 12 years. Thank you, Lord. And so talking about lows, talking about lows of life. So we went to the vet, and the vet said, well, this is what we can do and whatever. Uh, you're not sure what this is, so we'll do a... a a test on the urine, and uh, another thing that can be done is let's take an x-ray. Uh, so they did a test. Yes, there was blood in the urine, and, and uh, so it was like, okay, what do we go, where do we go from here? And uh, he said, well, this x-ray, let's check things out. So she did have stones in her bladder. But if anybody wants to see, I've got pictures of them. They were huge. And it was like, you know what? The thing was, to get the stones out, he would have to do surgery. So he'd have to open up uh, an incision, like about this long, and then he'd have to not just open that, then he'd have to open up and also cut into the bladder, open up the bladder, and physically take out those stones. And so this was on uh, Friday morning, just two days ago, we brought her in, and there was, that morning, there were tears. Because I figured, you know what, there is a good chance. The doctor says she's old, she's got a heart murmur. There's a possibility that she may, might not even wake up from the anesthetic. She may not make it. And it was like, this little dog that has brought us such joy, it may be the last time we see her. And... Uh, Amazing thing is that uh, when I called uh, after the surgery, uh, the receptionist says, Abby made it. She is fine. Everything is good. Praise God. She came home, and I, I'm just thinking, what the toughness of a dog. So here she is. She's walking around. It's just a little bit stiff with this huge incision and, and these staples and the interior incision and, and the 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 uh, stitching that is there. And here's this little dog. She's walking around, not whimpering or anything. The next day, it's like she's almost bouncing around. It's like, hey, take it easy, Abby. You've, you've had some major surgery here. All I can say is the Lord is good. The Lord is good. It says in James 1, verse 17, and, I, and today I want to I talk about when life is difficult. In fact, I want to say when life is impossible, when life is impossible and we go through things, listen, we all will go through things and it's like, I can't bear this. It is impossible to me. Am I going to be able to make it through? Will I make it through? When life is impossible, his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. In James 1.17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. 
this father of lights, this father that, that loves, that gives gifts, whether you know him or not, whether you believe in him or not, everything that is good that is on this planet today is because of him, because he loves us, because he desires for, for our good. And even when we are saying, I don't even believe there is a God, or even I'm opposed to God, and I want nothing to do with God, or I'm going to come against him and even fight him, anything that is good in your life is because of him, because he does love you. He does love you. It says this father of lights. You know what? Light is significant to us. In fact, for us as humanity, if, we, if this planet did not have light, it would cool down so much that life would cease to exist. If the sun was much closer than it was, I think it's 93, 92, 93 million miles away in its orbit, and it's been going around, and we're going around the, the, the sun as well, but even as the sun moves and as we move, we stay in the same position that would sustain life. And so without light, there is no life. Without light, we would not be able to, if there was no light, you could not see. I've, I've mentioned this a few times in the last, uh, over the course of the month. If you went into a dark room, there's no light in it, you put your hand in front of your face, you wouldn't see it. You couldn't see it. It's right in front of your face and you can't see anything. Let me just say this. The Father of lights allows us to see, not just physically, but to begin to see and perceive and understand, to have knowledge. If we, if we want to understand something, you, never, you have your, you, you know those aha moments where you say, oh, I get it. The light is, there's an expression, the lights come on. The light has come on, I see, I understand. When we have understanding, this is of God. And even the gifts that he would give us, I just say thank God for the, for the knowledge of, of this vet that took care of Abby. And he, and he says, this is what I'm going to do. I, I would not even begin to know what to do and how to do it, where to do it. But this man, he says, I've done about 120 of these surgeries. And because I had asked, I said, well, what are the chances? How, how would you, like when it comes to complications, he says, out of 120 surgeries, he says, I've only had one complication. There was a complication, but this will work. This can work if she makes it through the, the anesthesia. Now, there's no way that Abby could have gone through surgery with, without being put down or put to sleep, if you would, um, for this surgery. Like, it was significant, it's significant surgery. The wisdom that man has, the technology, everything that we have, the, the medicine that is good, the, the, the things for health that is good has been given to man by God so that there's light to understand this is what we can do. And I'm always amazed at the things that man can do. 
can do amazing things. And there's uh, most times, there's absolutely no acknowledgement of where it came from. That aha moment when the light came on said, well, we can try it this way. And so there's, there's no acknowledgement of God for the most part. And it's just like, well, this is what I've accomplished because this is how wise I am. This is how capable I am. There is no variation or shadow of turning in him because he is light. He is love. It's not just he loves, but he is love. And that has not changed from the, the very first man that was made with and fashioned by the hand of God. And I truly believe I am totally not in agreement with what man has come to say, well, this is how old we are. We're not that old. This, this world was created by a, an amazing God and it was designed. We see the design all around us. And God does not change when it comes to his heart and desire. His heart and desire is to say, I want relationship with man through all, all of time. His heart was, I want relationship with man. And even man that might say, I want nothing to do with you, God. I don't even believe that you exist. And God is saying, but I love you and I want relationship with you. There is no variation. He doesn't change. He is perfect in all his ways. And I, this past week, I was reading from Psalm 136. Now, I'm going to have you, without looking at your Bibles, or if you want, you can look at your Bible or your, your Bible app. I'm going to read a few verses. And as I read through these verses, I want you to begin to chime in with the goodness of the Lord. It says, it says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. Can you help me out with the, the ending of each verse here? To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, to, who, to him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, the sun to rule by day, the moon and the stars to rule by night. And this chapter goes on for 26 verses, and each line ends with, for his mercy endures forever. In fact, the, the next 14 verses talk about extreme things. We're talking negative things, and because of his mercy that it endures forever, it is able to sustain us when it comes to life. Even if we don't believe, that we would believe and say, I'm going to believe in this God who has mercy, that his mercy endures to me. And it ends off 
the last few verses, Psalm 136.23, who remembered us in our lowly state, as low as you can get, God is right there if you call on him. He desires to be with you in the worst of times and has rescued us from our enemies for his mercy endures forever. Who gives us food to all flesh for his mercy endures forever. And it ends off with this verse, oh, give thanks to the God of heaven for his mercy endures forever. In the worst of times, when life is impossible, his mercy endures forever. Is there a right way to live? Is there a way to get out of impossible situations? Is, is there a possibility that I can make it through those difficult times? And I would say to you, yes, absolutely. Is there a God that cares for me, is reaching out to me? Absolutely. Is he going to force himself into your life? He will not. But his heart and desire is that we would recognize, and even as we call on him, the Lord is there to be a part of our lives, even in the worst of times, in the most impossible time, times, because his mercy endures forever. You might say, you know what? But I have faith. I have faith. In fact, I would say this to you. Every single person has faith in something. Every single one of you has faith in something or in someone. So you may have faith in yourself. I believe in myself. I believe in my capabilities. I believe in my efforts. I believe in my determination. I'm going to get through this because I've been through tough times already in my life and I can get through this. I'll tell you right now, there is a day coming where you will not be able to depend on yourself. You will not. And I, I'm thinking that perhaps this day may have already come to you and you're saying, well, you know what? I can depend on myself. And you're realizing, you know what? I can't depend on myself, and I can't get through this. And you are in a place all alone, and it is a place of, of a lack of hope. It is a place of this hopelessness that often leads to anxiety. It leads to fear. It leads to depression. It leads to anxiety. It is not a good place to be in. You might say, I believe. And who I am, I'm a good person. I would say to you, I may not question you. Say, I, I might say, you know what? You might even be better than I am. I'm a good person. You, you may be better than I am. How good are you truly? How good are you truly? I believe in myself. I believe in my goodness. I believe in the good of man. There are others. Has anybody ever disappointed you? <laughs> the people that you most depend on 
it's like, oh my goodness, they let me down. In fact, some of you may have depended on me as a pastor of a church and say, man, Pastor Dave let me down. In fact, you might say, not just Pastor Dave, Dave let me down. Dave let me down. I've said this before. If I haven't let you down, it's just a matter of time. I will let you down because I'll tell you right now, I am not God. And I cannot, there are things that I, I can pray for. I can pray for you. But I cannot save you from these impossible situations. So even if my faith is in the good of man, there's a point where man will let you down. You might say, I believe in hard work. I work hard and I'm making it. I was talking to a man this last week who was and is or was self-sufficient. One injury and he can't, he can't work. Work is difficult. The things that he could easily do before, he can't do anymore. So what do you do then? What do you do then? When you can't work anymore, and I'm, I'm recognizing, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that there's a, so much that I've learned in my life. I just say, thank God. I, I, I try to learn as much as I can from others. I recognize I, there's a lot that I don't know. But I, I've been so self-sufficient over the years that I can say I can take care of this or I can get through this or this is what I'm going to do. But I want to say to you, there are times where I recognize there is nothing that I can do. There is nothing I can do. It's an impossible situation. And I recognize even my hard work and my, my self-sufficiency and my, my dependence on self and my abilities does not get me through. You might say, well, you know what? If you can't get through it, then all you need is a little bit more money. If I just had a little bit more money, if I just had a little bit more whatever, I'm going to work harder, I'm going to work longer, and if I get a little bit more money, I'm going to make it. There's a lot of stuff you can do with money, but there is so much that you cannot do with money. It's priceless. There's no, there's no, money can't buy certain things. Money can't buy hope. Money can't buy peace. Money can't buy love. There's an attempt. You might say, well, perhaps it could help. Well, I believe in the government. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't we all have views when it comes to polit politics? We all have our view. We know this. Uh, I wouldn't. This guy that's in, in charge, no, absolutely not. We need somebody else. Or you may say, well, no, this guy who's in charge, I'm believing in him. We believe in the government. The government will help me through. What happens when the government is unable because it's, you're in an impossible situation? The government can't help you. I believe in science. There is a thing of, hey, we got to go by science. <laughs> I like the things of science. God, man, God is an amazing scientist and engineer. 
and the laws that he created and the things that he made, it's just like unbelievable. I look, I look at these trees here, and if, if it was all by evolution, I would say, well, why do trees have different shaped leaves or even different colored leaves here from this tree to this tree? Why? Why? Why do some trees have these beautiful blooms on them? And other trees, like my neighbor's tree, have these tiny little things that if the wind's blowing in the wrong direction, it lands on my property. <laughs> and it's like, this last little while, it's like there's been this wind, it's northeast wind, and it's just blowing everything off that tree right into my property. And it's like, oh my goodness, there's always this creation, it's our, uh, this, this stuff all over my backyard in our little tiny above ground pool. It's like, I got to get it all out. I say, why is there such a difference in trees? It's because the God that loves us says, you know what? I want to create some amazing things. Today, I, or last, this past week, I went to the eye doctor, and she was looking into my eyes because I, I sat on my other pair of glasses. And I only have one pair of glasses, and it's like, man, my, my vision, I, I wish my vision was, was perfect, and I, it's not like what it used to be, but uh, it was amazing what she could tell just by looking into my eyes. Even the simple thing of the fact that I didn't know this, but uh, did you know that if you have a pressure in your eyes that's between 10 and 22, whatever units they're using, that that's a good, that's a good thing, a, a certain amount of pressure. She says the pressure in one eye is 14 what units, whatever it is, and the other one is 15. It was like bonus, my eyes. The pressure is good in my eyes. I didn't know that. It had to be a certain thing, but you find out, I was talking to somebody else, when the pressure's too high, we're believing for miracles. When the pressure's too high to be able to say, you know what, God, I, so I did a quick check on the, the anatomy of the eye. Did you know that there's this tiny little pipe? I didn't know this. I found this out yesterday. There's a tiny little pipe. It's called the something angle. Oh, my goodness. But it's a little pipe. So your eye creates a fluid that keeps this ball expanded. And as it creates the fluid to keep the pressure, and it, there, it needs to be replenished, amazing. It needs to be replenished. It drains out of this. Uh, this pipe, and it goes out of the pipe. Now, if that pipe is clogged or whatever, then the pressure increases in the eye. So the, the, the eye surgeon may have to say, you know what, I'm gonna, we need to put a stint, a pipe, so that there can be a draining of this tiny little pipe that's just on the, on the end in the eye, in the back, I think it's in the back, but that allows for there to be a draining and a replenishing of the fluid of the eye. So it's, it, it, there's always a new fluid in the eye. 
So it's, there's a, a, it stays there for a bit, and then there's always that draining. So we're going we're gonna to pray and believe right now. If we can just pray in Jesus' name, Lord, for that person that's here this morning, in Jesus' name, you are the God that does works of miracles. And right now we pray and agree together that that little pipe that's clogged and it's not draining right now in Jesus' name, that there would be a draining of that angular pipe or that pipe. Lord, in Jesus' name, that there would be a draining of the fluid properly, that everything will function properly in this eye right now in Jesus' name. Let it be. Let it be. According to who you are, Jesus, and according to what you did on the cross for us, you took every single ailment. You took every single uh, disease, every sickness. And, Lord, when life is impossible, and even the doctors say, well, I'm not sure, that we can say, I'm going to trust in you, Lord Jesus, and what you did for me on the cross 2,000 years ago. And you took my suffering, my pain 2,000 years ago. If I would believe on you to take care of something that is impossible even to man, and even to the specialists, Lord, you will do a work of healing in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Let it be. Let it be, sister. I believe in science. I believe in intellectualism. Man can figure everything out. The things that man can do, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. Everything that man has devised that is good is from the Father. The wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the aha moments. We said, I figured it out for our good. We live better than the kings from 200 years ago, even in our little home that's heated in the wintertime and it's cooled in the summertime. We live better than kings did. And everything that is good is from the Father of lights. This thing of believing in our wisdom, our own wisdom, and can figure out, you know what, this last week I was sickened. I was sickened when I heard of the five that died in that sub. I thank God for Harleys. Can you imagine the guy that, that designed the first combustion engine? And it was like, oh my goodness, this thing is running on a fuel and it's going on its own. And now we have Harleys. It's like for anybody that drives a Harley or wants a Harley, it's like, uh, hey, good for you. Thank God. Every good gift, even the Harleys. And you, the, the louder, the better, right? The louder, the better. Every good gift. Even this guy that's driving by now, and he's just taking it easy. I mean, he might just step on it in a moment, but no, he's taking it easy. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. It's from God. That we can enjoy life even without God. Where is that from, that we can enjoy life without God? It's from him. I say, thank you, God. And I was sickened when I heard of these five that, that died. They, say, they figured it was the moment when they lost contact, an hour and a half in or so of that dive. There was a breach, and they were done in a split moment. It was just, oh, 
my heart. And I think the, the, the CEO of the company, I think his, his wife's parents or something were actually on the Titanic and went down with the Titanic back in 1911. There was a connection. And it's like, oh, this is so sad. When I hear of people, especially people that are young, there was a father, I think, a father and son on that sub. I just think, this is so sad. If you believe for a second that this is of God, when God says, you know what? My intent is to destroy people, to take life. Are you kidding me? Jesus said, the thief, Satan, comes to steal to kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Don't you ever believe the father of lies, Satan, that says, you know what? Life, it's God that took the life. It is God that gives life. In fact, he is there to say, I want you to have life eternal with me. Forever. And he's offering this to each and every one. You know what? I want to say this regarding this faith. Sometimes our faith is way too broad just to say, you know what? I believe in God. I believe in God. It's way too broad because even Satan and the demons believe that there's a God and they tremble. They tremble even just at the name of Jesus. So this thing of faith for us as believers and if there's anybody here that's just saying, well, I don't really believe, I'll tell you, let me narrow your faith right down to one point so you understand. See, because if we just say, I believe in God, it is not enough. You might say, I believe in, in a God. I can't believe it. I just found out that they're actually in schools now. I don't know where it is, but they're, they're having these clubs for Satan. So there's clubs for Satan now that you can join. We're talking elementary and secondary school levels that you can join these, these clubs because, well, Satan's really not that bad. It's a, it's a club for power. Are you serious? He's a father of lies. He's a liar. He is there to steal from you joy and peace and life. He is there to kill you if possible. And to destroy you so that you are apart from God for eternity. That's the difference between killing physically and being destroyed. One is, yeah, I die physically. But it's more when I'm destroyed, it means I am apart from God for all eternity. That's his attempt. And if he can lie to you, that's exactly what he's going to do. Believing in a God or God is not enough. You might say, I believe in my religion. My faith is in my religion. You know what? God doesn't like religion. Religion is man's attempt to get to life afterwards. That's what religion is. It's man's attempt even to get to God. Religion is a nasty thing because it's based on what you can do, what you have to do. And so every single religion that's out there is based on this thing of, well, what do you have to do? This is what you have to do to make it. You got to do this, 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 and this. You got to work hard, man. You got to be a good person. You got to 
pray so many times. You got you to do all these different things to make it. Most people just say, well, yeah, I am my God. I am good enough. I'm not a bad person. I believe in my church. It's the church I belong to. I'll tell you right now, Lighthouse will, will not and cannot save you. Now, is it good that you come? <laughs> Absolutely. It is good to get together. It is good to be together. It's good to have, hey, as we're born of God, we're born of God. It means we have a father in heaven. That's when we become, we, 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 God becomes our father when we are born of him. So he becomes our father. And if we have the same father, that makes us family. So there's some of you here that I may not even know. You might be here for the first time or I ha I, I've just met you recently. I don't really know you, but you know what? If you are born of God and I'm born of God, we have a father in heaven and it makes you and I brother and sister or brother and brother. It makes you and I family. Isn't the family of God good? Yes. The family of God is good. If you're here today and you're saying, man, I, my family is not great. Man, the family of God. I'm, hey, I'm not perfect. But man, we have the same father in heaven. And he is so good. And he loves you. And he loves us. And he has life for us. Hallelujah. You might say, I believe in the Bible. Or whatever word of instruction that might be given by whatever religion to say, hey, this is how you can have good life and you do these things and whatnot. You might even say, I believe in my faith. My faith is in my faith. I just say this. You will find, and I've found this, that from one day to the next, I can be up here. As a, even as a pastor, I can be up here, and then there's something that may happen that's extreme, it's overwhelming or whatever. I'm saying, God, what's gonna, how are we going to get through this? Or this is so negative. And I, there is a, a dipping, and God, can you take care of this? Will you take care of this? And so sometimes even for myself, I can be like this in my emotional state, and even what I think about my faith, and so even my faith in faith, I've got faith. I've got faith. Or I just need a little bit more faith. I just need a little bit more. I need a little bit more. If I just pray harder, if I just read the Bible a little bit more, if I just go to church a little bit more frequently or whatever, my faith is in the faith. My faith is in the wrong thing. You will let yourself down. Even in your faith, you will let yourself down. Can I just tell you, what ultimately should we believe in? And here's the real test. Here's the real test. It's a test when we face death. How are you when it comes to the thought of death? Where are you at when it comes to death? Listen, we can prolong life, 
But what can we do to overcome death? This is the test of where your faith should be when you are facing death. And we're talking about right to the last breath. Listen, as a pastor, I have been at the bedside of numerous people that died in my presence. And it wasn't me. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't me. They were, I, I get that call and say, hey, listen, my, my, my husband, my father, my, my daughter, they're in a bad way. Can you come? And so I am there in the moment of death. Listen, I have seen people in the moment of death, those that were around were screaming and wailing. And they were so overcome because they had no hope. Because whatever they had their faith in was not enough to deal with the aspect of death. This is the test. Does your faith, does it, is it able to deal with death? Because as Peter writes, all flesh is as grass. Yeah, grass. All flesh is as grass. And all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. So, here's grass. And here's the flower of grass. The best that we could do might be like this little thing at, a, at close sight. It's like, wow, this is actually beautiful. The best that we can be in our life, the glory of man. It says the grass withers and its flower falls away. The grass withers and the flower falls away. The, the best that man can be, we can say, hey, you know what? This person did this and this. And we have right in behind, we have in memoriam. People that died in, in World War II and in, in the Korean War, there's names over here on this memoriam, a reminder of a sacrifice that somebody made for you and for me to have freedom. And it's like the best, the flower of the grass, it falls away eventually. But... I thank God in the word of God, there is a hope. There is always hope. Why? Because the mercy of God endures forever. He is reaching out for us. And he says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The word that God would speak to you is one of life, is one of hope, is one of, of you're going to make it. In fact, you're going to have eternity with me. Now, this is the word which by the gospel or the good news was preached to you. The good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. I came to Jesus at a point when I was very afraid. And it was the word of my mother. Where, where are you, mom? Where are you? There you are. There's my mom. The word of my mother to me says, David, you don't have to be afraid. 
And as a seven-year-old boy, and you've, many of you have heard how I came to the Lord, it was by receiving a word. I believed in it. And so she told me the word of the Lord. She didn't just say any word, hey, David, it's going to be all right. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. She gave the good news of Jesus Christ to me. Truly, the Father of lights. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, even now, and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. There is no change in the perfection of who God is. You might say, and the question might be, well, why is there such darkness and evil in this world? Where are you, God? Let me answer that very difficult question. And let me just say this. Do not put the blame on God. Before I answer this question, where's, where does this darkness and evil come from? It says, blessed is the man. This is James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. I think all of us are tempted to do things that we don't want to do. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. It's God that has tempted me. For God, not, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he, is he the one to do evil. It is not the, the darkness and the wickedness and the evil on this planet today are not of God. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when de desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. The wickedness and evil on this planet today is of sin. And there's a temptation, whether it's because of a root of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness or greed or whatever the root of it is. In man, they're enticed to the point where they say, you know what, I don't even care about the life of somebody else. I can remember years ago when the uh, Nike runners first came out or they became popular, that people had been killed for for the value of shoes, $150, $200 Nike shoes, and the person was killed because somebody wanted their shoes for $200 pair of shoes. This thing of being tempted, when a person is tempted, he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. This is not from the Lord. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, when sin comes to this final conclusion, it says here, it brings forth death. It brings forth death. You know what? Thing is, I'll tell you right now, before God, we've all sinned. You say, Pastor, have you sinned? Yep. I've sinned. More than once. You say, well, pastor, have you sinned even as a Christian? Yep. We've all sinned. We all fall short of the glory of God. 
we all deserve to die. We all deserve to be apart from God because we've all sinned. And so we are all dying. And so the test of faith needs to deal with sin. It needs to deal with this aspect of death. What is your faith in when you are facing death? What is your faith in? And I'll continue to read here. James 1 verse 12. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What can overcome death? What gift has God given that would allow us to overcome even death? So where is evil? Let me answer this question first. So where does evil come from then? If it's not from God, and it's not from God, evil on this planet comes from two areas. Number one, from man himself. Number two, and, and scripture would bear this, would say, and this is Jeremiah 17, 9, says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Our own heart. Have you ever had some, somebody that surprised you as to their wickedness? You say, what? I can't believe they did that. I can't believe that they did this. Are you kidding me? And wickedness and hurt and pain. And sometimes it's with, from your own family members. People you figured, man, I love them. And they did this to me. How could they do this to me? So evil and wickedness and the perpetration and the, and the, the, the effect and results of that is not contained to the person that's doing evil. It's usually impacting everybody else around them. From man himself. For whatever, whatever reason. You said two areas where evil come from. The second area is from the father of lies. Man, is he a liar? I, I quoted this earlier. I'll quote it again. John 10, verse 10. The thief, Satan, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know what? In this dark and wicked world, I can live in not just the light of, this, of the sun, but I can live in the light of the sun, S-O-N. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N of God. The son of God in Jesus Christ. I have life. You know what? As dark as it may be, there's this thing of, I know what my future is. I know what my eternity is. I don't have to worry. You might say, Pastor, you have no idea what I'm going through right now. And I may not know what you're going through. But God knows exactly what you're going through. And he's saying, I don't want you to be alone in this. That we can live in the light of God. From in the Father, he is the Father of lights. Hallelujah. So how do we overcome this thing of temptation? Lord, I don't want evil being done through me. I'm tempted to do things. Or I'm irritated with somebody. Or I can't forgive somebody. Or my life is really... It's gone downhill. How can I overcome? Let me tell you. 
Revelation 12, verse 11. And we're talking not just evil for ourselves, but we're talking about Satan and even death in this, in this life. Because I was saying, what is your faith going to be in? And it says in Revelation 12, verse 11, they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, what they said, what they believed. And they did not love their lives to the point of death even to the death, even if it, they were facing death, it was like, you know what? Not even death will affect me. Doesn't affect me. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Your faith as a believer needs to be in one thing. You might say the blood of the lamb. Who is the lamb? Jesus is the Lamb of God that was sacrificed. In fact, in John 3.16, Jesus said this of himself, and he said this of the Father. For God, the Father, my Father, loved the world so much, loved you so much, that he gave his only begotten Son. That's me, Jesus. That if you believe in him, you will not perish Death will have no effect on you, but you will have everlasting life. I don't understand that man can be so wicked and so evil to say, you know what? I'm going to kill you because of what you believe in. I'm going to kill you because of what you believe in. That even facing death, my faith is in Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. And you might say, what about this blood? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus Christ. When did that happen? It wasn't when he fell down as a little boy. Jesus always existed before time began. He always existed. But there was a point 2,023 years ago where he came to this planet for one reason. It was to deal, it was to deal with the things so that we can face the ultimate thing, which is death, to overcome Temptation to have our sins taken care of by his blood. It says all sin was placed on Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. And you say, oh, man, I'm disappointed. I am disappointed. What? That's the answer? I'm telling you. I have seen, even amongst you, I have seen people transformed by what they believe in. Thank God for Corvettes. I don't know, 2006? From the Father of Lights. <laughs> Even Corvettes. My life has been transformed so that when I, when I have, when I'm going through the worst of times, so even the other day when we were taken, on Friday morning, was taken Abby, to the vet, not knowing whether she should survive. I, it was like, you know what? I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. We're going to be all right. And that morning, as we got together, there was prayer time at the church. And I thank God for I thank God for friendship. Isn't it great friendship? 
Where did this come from? Where does friendship come from? It is good. It comes from the Father of lights. They might say, I don't know, maybe some of these guys believe in Jesus Christ. I don't know. But even the, the good things of life that they have is from the Father. And I say to you, even as I prayed and I was, I had my mom there, Pastor Joel, we were praying together. I appreciated their prayers. Pastor Joel, where are you? I appreciated your prayer to pray for me as I was weeping for a little dog that might be gone. As, as I was saying, Lord, I know who gave me this dog. So we didn't want to get a dog. And one night, as I was at the church fasting and pray, praying, the Lord came and he says, Dave, it's okay to get a dog. Get a dog. I say, thank you, Lord, for that one word, because we weren't going to get a dog. It's too much work. We're not home enough. Man, our daughters had a great time over the years with Abby, and we've had Julie. <laughs> we've had such a good time with little Abby. And even as I was weeping, I was saying, you know what? There's a day where God, who created all things, could just speak the word and say, Abby, be alive. In fact, who knows? Maybe as we spend eternity with God, God might say to, to me, hey, Dave, you speak Abby into existence. I used to say, ah, how could that? Didn't even think about it. Now, now that once I, I have a dog and had many dogs over the years with as growing up as a child, but I recognize the power of God to say, you know what? You speak the dog into, you speak Abby into existence. I made Abby, and I made Abby especially for you to, to enjoy for so much a part of your life. I don't know when she's going to go. But God does, loves us, and his heart is, even in the face of death, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So let me narrow your faith down when you are in impossible situations of life. That your faith would be in the one that overcomes Satan and that overcomes every situation that you can be in because of the, his tremendous love for you that he came 2,000 years ago and he died for you on the cross and his blood was shed to take care of you so that you can have eternity with him. That your faith, so I, in all the different things that I may face, whatever it may be, health issues, relation issues, financial situations, whatever it may be, my emotional and mental state, my health state, whatever, Jesus Christ and him crucified for me. Jesus Christ and him to take care of this thing for me. Let your faith for every part of your life. The, wor the worst that we can deal with is death. And and they did not love their lives to the death. In fact, you know what, Lord, even if we should die, we have. We know where our eternity is because our faith is in the one that overcame death and overcame hell and overcame Satan and overcame the dominion of sin. In fact, Jesus overcame Satan, not in his resurrection, overcame Satan in his death. 
Satan's saying, the demons are saying, ah, we got him. He's dead. I can't believe that he would have come 2,000 years ago and be in the form of man. We can kill him. And Satan is laughing, not realizing in Jesus' death, we have the victory, and he rose on the third day, overcoming everything so that we can overcome Satan, sin, even death by the blood of the Lamb. That your faith would not be in faith generally, but your faith would be in nothing else. Not how you're feeling, but your faith would be in the one that died for you because he's the one that can give you life, take care of your sins. And so I thank my God for Jesus Christ, and I thank my God for my mom, and my dad was there that night too. They were sitting side by side as they led me to Jesus, and here I am over 53 years later saying, what an awesome God we have. What an awesome God we have. Hallelujah. The most important decision I made was when I was seven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, what he did for them, and coming 2,000 years to die, should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. With Jesus, you have life. Without him, there's no hope because there's nothing that can overcome death. There's no one, there is no religion that has overcome death except for Jesus Christ and him crucified is the only one that has overcome death. And we also overcome death. Can we just stand together? So when life is impossible, his mercy endures forever. And I just want to give an invitation at this time. Now I want that we all pray. If we can pray together, there might be one person here today that, you feel you're in an impossible situation. Nah, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get out of this. You can get out of this with Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ. And so I want you to confess what separates you from Jesus and God. You might say, what separates me? It is our sin. We were tempted, we sinned, and we die. It results eventually in death, our sin. But if we believe in him, he's taking care of our sins. So we're going to confess our sins. We're going to confess that he's the one that died for us and took care of our sins. And we're going to invite him into our lives. Jesus, be a part of my life. You need, it's, it's at that point when we invite Jesus that we are born of God. And so I want to help you just like my mom helped me 2,000 years ago. Or not 2,000 years ago. I'm not that old. 53 years, 53 years ago. Let's just pray. Let's pray together, if we would. And even just for that one person, can we say together, Jesus, I confess that I have sinned. But you took all my sin upon yourself. And if I was the only person on this planet, you died for me. You died for the consequences of my sins. But you rose again, and you overcame death. You overcame hell, and you overcame the power and the consequences of sin. I believe that. 
I confess that. And I receive you into my life. Jesus, come into my life. Help me to love you with all my heart and to reveal to me what is ahead of me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you've said that prayer maybe for the first time or maybe you're coming back to the Lord, let somebody else know. If you want to come talk to me, I'd love to hear that you've given your life to Jesus. I'd love to hear that you've rededicated your life to the Lord if you're coming back to him. He loves you so much. You will get through the impossible situations with him. Jesus Christ and him crucified, his blood shed for us. We will get through the, the situations.